It's good to be back, man. So, man, this morning, I, uh, I might be up and down, up and down the stage, but I, I um, let me do this. I really have a sense that God wants to do something quite unique with us this morning as a church. Now, it's been doing, um, it's been coming in like little bits and pieces, you know, that there's been, I, th- I think, a few significant moments that we have, we've had over the past few weeks that God is moving his for- us forward. Can you guys sense it? And it's like he's, he's building us together. He's actually forming us together. And, uh, and I think this morning will be, will be quite a profound morning for us. I mean, we, we're really trusting for that. You know? And uh, so I want you to, to position your heart because this includes you. All right. Uh, if, you, if you're with us, this includes you. I want to say if you're a visitor with us and uh, you've been visiting us for one, two, three times, so I want to say welcome. It is so good to have you. If you came back for the second time, we want to say well done. All right. <laughs> I, uh, I normally now, I spoke to a few people yesterday at, uh, at Herman and Michaela's daughter's birthday party, and uh, we were just chatting church, you know, and, and uh, they said that we've been invited there before, but if we're honest, uh, invited here, ne? we've been invited to Josh Jen before, but if we're honest, we're scared, ne? and uh, I just said to them, look, I tell you this much, bro, my own parents, when they come and visit us, their eyes are often this big, but, uh, but I said, just still come, man, like God is with us, you're going to love it, ne? so anyway, so if you're back for the second time, well done, Yeah. But uh, I do want to say this morning might be more of, a, more of a family morning, actually. And for those who've been with us for some time, I think we'll catch the, uh, really what God is doing among us this morning. But if you are visiting, are visiting us this morning, I hope that you'll see something of the life of God within us and the, the love that the Lord has for His church and the love that we should have for one another. I pray that that is something, something you see with us this morning. So if you've got any questions, you feel free to ask Trevor afterwards. All right. Like, you can ask him all that you want. He's got it all under control. But uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Hannes. I'm also New Year, moved here about two months ago, and we are loving it. I, uh, we actually, we were in Malkos last week. And uh, I'll be honest, when I drove in there, I was like, this place is so small, man. <laughs> really, that's the first feel that it felt like. But it felt like when I drove in there, as Mar- both Mariska and I said both, it doesn't feel like home anymore. Nee? And, and it feels like actually in the spirit that something has happened to us as well. We, we, we've done this and suddenly I said to the Lord, I'm so thankful that I didn't stay there. And nothing against the place, but just, you know, it is good for us to go where God takes us. And if we, if we stay stagnant, we die. And, uh, and so we're very thankful for what God has do, done with us. So we are happy to be back here. This is home now. And uh, Lisa also, the, she kept asking us, so she, she's also part of us here and uh, are loving the move. So that's great. Can I pray for us? Let me, let me go. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you, God, for, for this morning. I thank you what you're doing in this church. I thank you uh, just that you are binding us together. You are, you are doing it, God. You are forming us. You are be, we are being built together. And I, I want to pray this morning, God, for a unique sense of your presence among us. And we want to pray, like that song that we, we sang, but we want to ask it really, God, come and have your way. Whatever you want to do with us this morning, we are your people and you are our God. Um, we are in your hands. Form us. Do with us what you need to. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So um, I quickly want to share. I'm going to fly a little bit again, off the, off the cuff here, but um, I want to share with you guys this, this morning, um, you know, in, the, in Genesis, have you, you guys read Genesis, okay, if you haven't read Genesis, pick up the Bible and, uh, and start, it's, it's right in the beginning, so Genesis, 
If you read Genesis, you'll see that, that God, you know, long story short, he made, Adam and, or made the, the world, you know, and he put Adam and Eve in there, and it says and it was good, you know, and God was well pleased, you know. And it says that they, they dwelt with God, and they walked with God in the cool of the, God, cool of the day in the garden. And there was, there was no separation. They were perfectly together with Jesus in the garden. Can you imagine that? No sin, no thorns. You know, thorns was a, was a fruit of sin. Then he can say, yes, like Adam. It's like it's, thorns, thorns and thistles came in as a, as a product of the fall, actually. Anyway, side note. And, uh, and it was perfect with God. But then the snake came. Yeah, Satan, okay. And, uh, and so it's, uh, this is like if you've never heard the gospel, this is in very short this morning, okay, but, uh, or the history lesson. But, but the devil came and he, and he said to Eve, did God really say that you're not allowed to eat of that tree? And she's like, no, he said we shouldn't do it because then we'll be like him. And he said, no, 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 he just wants, he wants you not to eat of it because then you'll see it as he sees it, you know. And he lies to her. And Eve's, Eve mistrusts God. And she goes and she chows of the fruit, okay. It wasn't an apple, it was something else probably because I eat an apple every day. And uh, she eats a different fruit. She eats a fruit of the tree. And, uh, and then she gives it to her husband and he eats and sin comes, boom. And you know what the fruit was of, of them sinning? Disconnect. Separation from God. And separation from one another. You know that? Suddenly what happened is like, they realized, was any clearer, Okay? And they, they made, they sewed fig leaves together and they tried to cover nakedness and shame and they tried to hide the first time that they wore clothes, okay? And, uh, and then God is walking around in the garden and it's, Adam, where are you? Eve, where are you? And eventually, this is now I'm sharing it in very short, but they say, we were afraid. We heard you walking, but we were afraid. Why? Because we've done what you didn't tell us to do. And there was a disconnect from God. Up until that point, they saw God walking with him in the garden and there was no fear. No fear. But suddenly sin came, disconnect from God, and they heard him walking and they hid. Now, who of you have sinned before and uh, you come close to the presence of God? And the response is not the first thing always, to run to Jesus. Thank you for mercy. It is instead to run and to go hide and to cover. And anyone? Just me? All right. I've had it plenty, by the way. Okay. And um, God calls them out and he says, who told you that you are naked? Now, I don't want to go too far down this line. Okay. But they can disconnect between them and God. And um, terrible thing. And we, we, I mean, I don't know if you, if you, um, if you thought about it, but, before, but, but punishment or the, the, the fruit of sin was, was disconnect with God. And sometimes we're so okay with disconnect. Yeah? It's just like, it's, a, it's just one of those crosses we bear, and we, we keep going without God for years and years, or months and months. And actually, it's like, man, that was the fruit of sin. God never intended it for, for us to be disconnected from Him. Yeah? And then, now I'm going to give you the whole Old, Old Testament in five minutes here, okay? But... Um, then eventually, you know, God, as his Israelites, and he's, he's making a nation, and they're trying their best to, you know, be God, but they, to be with God, but they're falling away constantly and worshiping other idols and giving themselves, you know, in prostitution and all whatever stuff. And then they said, no, but we want to we wanna be close to God, you know. We want to, out of our own doing, we want to show that we can be with God. And God gives them 10 things to do. And he says, if you can do these 10 things, all right, 
then you are qualified to be with me. The Ten Commandments. You heard about the Ten Commandments, okay? And, uh, and he gives them ten things to do. And for centuries, it is proven that in their own works, they couldn't even stick to ten things. Terrible, no? How often do we try that in our own strength? We're going we're gonna you know, to be good enough for God. And there's a list of ten things. And even in those ten, ten he says, you know, you got, if you even look at another woman with lust, you've already committed adultery. You broke it in your heart. Now, I don't want the guys to raise hands here, but like, I think probably all males are guilty of that thing. And it says, the point was, for the whole Old Testament, this portion of this book, and there's a lot more in here, okay? But this portion of this Bible is like to show that you cannot do it in your own strength. That's what it was about. It says, you are not good enough for God, okay? In your own strength, you cannot be reconciled with God. And right at the end of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament, he gives them this portion, this promise, and he says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of their children to their fathers. And God says, this is the plan that you have had enough time now to see that you cannot do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And he sends Jesus. And Jesus lives a perfect life. He's the only person ever, and he was fully God but fully man. All right? And he lives a sinless life. The Bible says in Hebrews that he was tested in every way like we were, yet he never sinned. He lives a perfect life, yet he was crucified for mine, your sins. And, it, and the Bible says he actually became sin, so much so that God couldn't look at him anymore. And there was disconnect from God, from, from Jesus and God. And, and Jesus is hanging on the cross. And what did he cry? He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because for the first time ever, there's disconnect between Jesus and God, Jesus and the Father. And he says, and it happens so that you and I never have to be disconnected from the Father again. So that you too, because of what Jesus had done, and because of his blood and his body, can be reconciled to God and to one another. It's incredible. That is the gospel. If you wanted to know, to know that, okay, if you're here with us today and you've never submitted your life to Jesus and say that you need forgiveness for sins, I want to tell you, my friends, that in your own strength, you will never be good enough for God. Never. All right? And you too have to be reconciled with God because of what He's done for you so that you too on the day can be with Him. All right? Like many of us are going to be. Incredible, no? So, then, Jesus dies and He's raised from the dead and He sends His Holy Spirit, which is incredible. Okay? And then, he, then the church is birthed. And Jesus said, for, and then there, if you go from Acts on forward... It says, this is the plan of God. Are you hearing the whole Bible in five minutes, okay? But it says, from this point of forward, all those letters were to the church. And it's, God says, now, it is the vehicle that he wants to use is the church to tell the world, to show to the world, to demonstrate to the world the love that God has for his pride and is coming back for us. And that in the way that we model Jesus and that we, the way that we reflect him, that many others can too come to salvation. All right? It says, it is through us ne, that they will see Jesus. But in those few scriptures, and, or a few, few letters, you know, which is uh, from Acts on going forward, probably in every book of the Bible, from, or in the, every book from there, there are verses about this thing which Trevor referred to earlier called unity. Oneness. Being together. 
same like-minded, you know, and there's like every, every book, it is about like, it is not about you. Did you know that God is coming? You get, uh, Will Murray always used to say this, he says, you get saved as an individual, but God is coming back for a bride. Yeah. So you get saved and God loved, if you were the only person on earth, your sin would have been enough to let Jesus be crucified, by the way. Okay, so he would have done it. He would have died for you. But when he's coming back, he's coming back for us. And we want to be included in the us. It's a together thing. This is not a me thing or an elder thing. Or a, it's coming back for us. And he says, make every effort to be of one heart, one mind, one purpose. Have you guys heard those things before? Am I moving too quickly here for us? Are you guys with me? All right. And uh, so what I want to speak about this morning is this thing called unity. You know, there was a, the craziest prayer that Jesus has ever prayed for us. was this thing in John 17. He's about to go. He's about to be crucified. And if you could put this up, Jesus is praying and he, and he says this. He says, my prayer is praying to, to God. And he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one, Father, just as you and I, you are in me, and I am in you. May they, also be, um, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That is the craziest prayer. So who of you have heard about the Trinity before? All right. There's a Trinity, which is the Father, the Son, the Spirit. Now I want to ask you, is it three or is it one? It is, it's three and it's one. It is three distinct persons. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Yet it is they are one, so so one that you actually cannot separate them. And there were there were people throughout centuries that have tried to explain this, you know, and put it in a simple context for us to stand, for us to understand. But I want to say, only one day when we are with God, we will truly understand what the Trinity is. And then Jesus prays this prayer where he says, "God, I pray that they, which is us, will be one, as you and I are one." Lieve genade. Okay. Do, you, do you realize that we have a long way to go yeah, for us to be so together as one and one heart, one mind, one purpose, like God is, like, like Jesus prayed for us and what we sometimes think is unity. Yeah. It's interesting that I, I can preach about unity today and probably when I said, hey, I'm going to share on unity, there was probably a hundred ideas of what it means to be uni- unified. Yeah. And I really want us to, this morning to dig in and to see what the, what the Scriptures means when it says, this is what God meant when He says, be united. Yeah. And that is what we aim for. That is what we aim for. You know, I, I was thinking in the week, I was chatting to the elders, if we speak unity, unity is not simply the lack of conflict. <laughs> I've been in a very united team before coming here. I want to say, we often had quite a bit of conflict. Do you, do you know that that can work together? Unity is not simply the lack of conflict. It is not one leader and everything, everyone else just does what I say and without making things difficult. That's a, uh, what's Putin? He's a dictator, okay? I'm not that, okay? We're not a dictatorship or like a a fear-driven thing. That is not unity, okay? Um, I've I've been to Russia, by the way. They're not unified, okay? Um, It is not a democracy, you know, unity is not like, okay, well, let's take a vote. Who feels we should do what? Okay, we're going to offend the, less, the, the least people this way. Let's just do that. That's not it. 
All right. So do, do you realize that we have something to aim for this morning as we're going to dig into the scriptures of what God wants us to be like when he says, I want you, like he said, I'm going to reconcile you to me one day, what he did in, through us in Jesus. And he says, the picture even of the Trinity says, and I want you guys to be reconciled like that to one another. Hectic, no. So Forgive me, some of the, it's not, it's not um, Gino's fault. Some of these scriptures, I don't know why, but he didn't put the, the, the verses up here. But I want to read something for us. Uh, Gino, if you can see it, bro, I think it's 1 Corinthians 1.10. I think that's the one I, I want first. Um, so forgive me, some of my stuff, yes, this is the one, okay. But uh, this is Paul writing to this church in his first letter to the church. And he says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I, in a sense, want to say this to us today. Brothers and sisters, I appeal to you this morning. Yeah, that all of you agree with one another. How hectic is that? If that is the unity that we're aiming for, okay? Now, who of you have heard, hey, I mean, we're together here, but we just agree to disagree? You like to do it that way, I like to do it this way, we'll just agree to disagree. Yeah? You've heard that before? Can I say that in the, in the house of God, there's no place for that? It actually says, like, I, I, I appeal to you that all of you agree with one another, so that there may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly, one back, sorry, uh, so that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thought. How's that? It is impossible. It is impossible. All right? But do you know that when we speak about unity, that that is what God has in mind for us to aim for? Did you know that the Trinity are perfectly united in mind and in thought. There's one time when they weren't, when Jesus asked, please God, if there's any way for this cup to be passed from me, let it be. But yet, yet, not what I want, but what you want. Put it on the table and he let God do what he wants, wants to do. And he became it for us. So unity is... Um, I think for me what stands out there is, is we're perfectly united in what we say, in mind, and in thought, and that there be no divisions among us. That's what God is aiming for. And, uh, and how many of you have seen, just in your lifetime, not even speaking about church history, but how many of you have seen churches that have not been united in mind or thought and that there were plenty of divisions among it? All right. My, my, my experience, I mean, I don't want to go too far, far down this line now, but I grew up long before I was saved. My parents loved God. We were in a church, and, uh, and I've seen my parents get hurt from the pulpit, that they were ridiculed in church. And I, I remember as a young boy, I was a primary school man, we'd be walking home, and we'd get home, and I would hear my parents cry in the, in the bedroom after church on a Sunday of pain that they experienced in church of division and dysfunction and disconnect and disunity. And I think probably many of us here this morning have seen it in our lifetime, a disconnected, a dysfunction thing. And you know that as a church, you know, together, we have a responsibility to, to not just expect it to be there, but actually to fight for it and to guard it. To aim to get to this place where we can be of one heart, one mind, that there be no factions of division among us. No amens to that. All right? Then he says, I don't have all the references here, so please forgive me. But then Paul writes in another place, and he says, And in him you two are being built together 
to become a dwelling in which God uh, lives by a spirit. And you know, that, that is, it, it really sends, I have a sense that that is what God is doing with us. We are being built together. It doesn't, unity doesn't always come, boom, okay, now we sort it out. Every, everyone okay? We're on the same page? Okay, let's go. It's also not like that. It says, actually, in the spirit, we are being formed together. We are, we, God is shake, shaping us, and you know who he's using? He's using us, that we are being formed and being shaped together to become a dwelling in which God can dwell. And um, I don't even have the reference on it, but Trevor, Trevor read it earlier. He says, how pleasant it is when, brothers, when brothers dwell in unity. Why? Because where there's unity, God commands a blessing. And it says we pray it when we worship. It says, and the blessing is actually Him. It's actually God. Why? Because He says, as we are being built together, we are becoming a dwelling where God can be. And do you know that when there's factions of divisions and slander among us and disconnect and and different strokes for different folks, and you like to do it that way, but uh, let's just agree to disagree. Actually, we become a place where God can't really reside with us. Because he doesn't model who he is. Because he is perfectly united within himself. Do you realize how big this is? All right. Then I think, again, I don't have the scriptures here. I think it might be Philippians 2.2 or Ephesians. Um, but it says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. So realize you've been united with Christ. God has brought you. You were lost. And he says, I'm going to unite you with me. I'll pay the price. I'll unite you with me. So if you've got any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in his spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then he says, my, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. So he says, if you've been reconciled with God, and if you realize how much he's done for you, if you found comfort from his love, then he says, then make his joy by being complete by you being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and mind. And he says, what is the same love? Same love is the love that Jesus had for you. That if, how many know that God doesn't hold our sins against us and that you don't have to own up to everything that you've done wrong in your life? God comes and he convicts and we repent, but there's oftentimes, I think, stuff that I've done that God has just washed over with mercy that I even don't know about. Didn't hold it against me. He covered it with love. It was, it was covered, and it's not, it's not an escape clause, so if God convicts and we repent, you guys with me there. But if, if God had to highlight every single thing that we've done wrong, yes, we'll sit and repent every minute of the day. And he just washes over us. He says, love covers a multitude of sins. That's what he did. And he says, now you have that same love for one another. Cover in love. I think this is the Philippians one. I'm so, I'm so sorry, Gino. And then he says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Oh, that might be Ephesians. Sorry, Ephesians 2.22. Um, it says, make every effort. Make an effort to keep the unity. So sometimes we get to a place where now there is unity. And then he says, now you need to make every effort to keep it. Through the Spirit, which is the bond of peace with us. You guys get a bigger picture of what unity is like? Are you with me? Um, I'm wondering if I'm missing anything in now. And, um, you know, this, I think this is what the Bible is speaking about here. We need to know that it's really impossible for us to live like that. We need Jesus, no? And uh, sometimes, you know, what helps, what helps, especially in church settings, is if God reminds us who you are, no? 
what the log is like in your eyes before we try and take a splinter out of someone else's eyes. So I'll tell you a funny story. Um, how can I do this without sharing a lot of detail? But uh, while I was leading the, a church a few years ago, I, I had a lot of sin in my life, okay? And uh, some of you might have heard this, but I came out, repented. I was under church discipline for about a year and a half, okay, or eight months, and then still not restored to leading. And uh, only a few years later, started leading a church again. And it was, it was shameful, okay? But it was real. I did it, okay? And uh, I wasn't, uh, it wasn't shameful. Actually, God removed the shame in the process, by the way, okay, to, to, to be forgiven. And, uh, but I was well aware of who I am. Okay, I was well aware of, it. of that, what God revealed to me, I was like, Liebe Genade, I need mercy. And the first time that I took communion, I tell you, like it was probably a few months after I repented, and we took communion, and I tell you, it felt like the mercy of Jesus washed over me. Yeah? And I was like, if it wasn't for this, if it wasn't for this, I knew that I would be in hell. And it's like, I, I saw the mercy that Jesus had for me, and I was like, I wept as I was like, thank God for Jesus that he sent him to me. Yeah. And um, why did I go down this road? Anyway, and, uh, and, and it, two, two things. It helped me when someone else in church did something that was like, in the past, I might have been like, yes, like, how could you have done that? And suddenly, I was aware of how much God has forgiven me and how much I can extend mercy to someone else. Yeah. Because I was aware how much God forgave me. Yeah. And then also on the other side, you know, now a few years have gone by, and suddenly, I'm not that bad anymore, in my eyes, all right? And there, there came a, a thing where potentially the story would have uh, been spoken about again, and I was scared that I would be misrepresented, you know, in, in my sins. So I wanted to at least tell them the right stuff that I did wrong, not the wrong, you know, it's like I wanted to rightly explain, like, this is what I did, not that, you know? And I wanted to, in a sense, fight for my image, Okay. And the one day I sat, uh, it's funny, I had an Elijah moment with God in the cave there by the port, okay? I sat there in the cave and I was like, please, Jesus, have mercy on me, you know, I was sitting there in the cave. And the still, small voice came to me. And you know what Jesus said to me? It was so funny. I think he was being silly. Anyway, he said, don't, because I was scared to be misrepresented, okay? And God said to me, he says, don't worry, you're much worse than what I can say about you. <laughs> and you know, in a moment... It's like all anxiety of what I want to try and preserve about myself kind of fell to the ground and I said, it's true. It's true. Because God knows me from the inside out. He sees my intentions. You know, we judge one another by, we, we judge ourselves by our actions and we judge one another by their intentions. Have you, have you think about that before? All right. And then yet God knows the secrets of our hearts, man. He knows me from the inside out. And so when he said to me, don't worry, you're much worse than that, it wasn't a, a condemning thing. It was the full truth. And I was like, I know that. And I was like, thank you for mercy, Jesus, that, that you wash me and that I cannot pay for what I've done. I, I, what, I, what I can do to try to be good enough, I cannot be good enough. I needed Jesus. And you know, sometimes when we have a, it's a sobering moment that, and I wonder for you here this morning, have you had that moment with God where there's actually a, a, real, a realistic, a, that's not the right word, but a, a, a real honest moment with God that you can see in light of His holiness just how far you've fallen. You know, if you haven't had that with God, I want to encourage you, have a chat with Jesus. You know? And sometimes when you, it is, it's sobering for us to have that with God. And you're just, when we have that, you're like, in light of His holiness, thank Jesus for His mercy. 
Yeah? And you know when we have that as well, it's suddenly, it is like mercy in us can increase to extend to one another because we're just not as perfect as we thought we were. And God has forgiven us much and we can forgive others much. Amen? I want to encourage you to have that moment with God. And um, that helps us to actually fight for unity and keep the unity among us and not hold one another's sins against them when we, when we remember how much God has forgiven us, how far we've fallen. But when, we, when, when the visions and factions and slander starts, it's when we think, I'm okay, you're not. And we, we judge one another and we actually hold one another's sins against them. And... Um, so I want to tell you a story, um, and so with, with the team this morning, I just want to grab a, grab a sip of water here. Um, Lekker, mm. ah. <laughs> Anyway, but um, so just with the, as, a, as an eldership team this morning, something we want to do is um, the last year and a bit for, the, for, I think, for this church and for the team has been difficult. Yeah, we can be honest about it this morning. There's been a lot of, lot of shifts, a lot of changes from Emsley to Francho to me, and it's been rocky for the team, and, uh, and just, it's difficult. I want to say, guys, I want to acknowledge even for a church, coming in as a different leader, it's, that's hard for a team, for, for a church, when there's all those chops and changes, you know. I just seen Malkus, you know, and they, they're doing well, but it's difficult for a church, you know, when the, when the fathers do this. Yeah? And, um, and in the process... Uh, we became aware that th there was, I think, often maybe words that were spoken out of place and postures that went right, and, and not the humility postures of um, loving one another and forgiving quickly, but actually that there were, man, people got hurt and knocked, and actually they didn't deal properly with if there was anus in their hearts. Yeah. So the Bible says this in Matthew 15. He, Jesus says this to them. He says, if you know that your brother has something against you, not if you have something against your brother, but if you know that someone else has something against you, he says, don't even come and worship. He says, leave your gift here at the altar and first go and make right. That's what the Bible says, Matthew 15. And, uh, and it says, actually, the posture there is that it's not me coming and saying, this is how much you've hurt me and I just want to tell you. He says, no, no, no. Hey, I think maybe when I did that against you, that you got hurt. Are you okay? Can you see the difference, slant? It's actually, we're going to find one another instead of just telling one another how much you've, what you've done wrong. And, um, and so when, when I came in, you know, we, we were connecting well with the team. And I want to say, man, what an incredible eldership team. They're an incredible bunch of men and women. And, uh, but came in, and the second week I was like, man, I would love for us to take communion together. And we're going like, to dream big, you know, God is a new dream. So you remember my preach from a few weeks ago? So we're going to dream together, whatever. And I, I woke up in the morning, and uh, I said, oh, I think we need to do communion together. And I, I almost audibly heard the Lord tell me, uh, what if someone dies? All right. And uh, I got a fright and I was like, oh man. And uh, I went to read in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, where it speaks about if we take communion, but it is while there's uh, divisions and, and offenses in us, we're actually doing uh, damage to the name of God because now we say, thank Jesus that he's forgiven me, but we can't forgive one another. He says, and in doing so, he's speaking to the Corinthians church. He says, some of you have done this. And he says, by doing so, you actually brought, some of you are sick and some of you have even died. Because you brought cursing upon yourself. Or, you, you know, like, I can't remember the word now. Sorry, I'm, I'm speaking off the top of my head here now. But he says, you actually invoked something, not a blessing, but it's been a, been a curse to you now. 
man, and I got a fright. Okay, it's like, what now? Okay, and I, we, that night we gathered as a team and we tried to worship. And then honestly, it just felt like, you know, when you're worshiping, it just feels like you're hitting the ceiling. Okay, and, uh, and then just before the meeting, actually, someone sent me Matthew 15. And he says, you know, if your brother is against you, leave your gift and go and make right. So we stopped worship. And I said, guys, I, I don't want to go here. This is not what I wanted to do. But I, this is what I feel the Lord has been telling me. And, uh, and actually that, there's, that we're not perfectly united, as the Bible refers to unity. It says we're not there. And, uh, and as an elders team, we have to be there. And so it says, I wanted to take communion, but I don't want to lose anyone. All right? And so I want to give us time. And we need to reconcile with one another. We need to make right. I want to ask you if there's anything that you have to go um, connect with the brother. Or you go and find them. It says, hey, if, did this hurt you? you know? And sort, sort it out and chat it through so that we can come together on the same page. And, uh, and throughout the past few weeks, we, there's been quite a few ruthless conversations with one another. Okay, and a few, a lot of gentle conversation. But the guys have gone around and have actually went and they had the chats and they made appointments and they sorted stuff out and they asked for forgiveness and they asked for, um, you know, forgiveness where stuff was said that hurt and they also released one another where it did hurt. It's amazing, by the way. Okay, and then Friday night we were in Cape Town. This is now a week ago, and then Andrew preached the message on unity. And I sat in that meeting and I was like, whoa, yeah. Okay, suddenly what we thought, okay, at least now all this stuff sorted out. You know, it looks okay on the surface level. God is just going much deeper here. And uh, while we were in Cape Town, we had a bunch of conversations with one another. And we chatted stuff through. And we, we contended for the unity of the faith to be built together. And on Thursday night, we came together and uh, we had an eldest meeting. And, uh, man, it was with joy that we had communion prepared. Okay, we had it there. And we chatted these things through. We said, are we confident that there is no holding one another's sins against them? But can we, can we say that we've released one another, forgiven, reconciled, and we are for one another. And we now as a team want to move forward together as a unit. And, and that there's nothing holding against one another. And it was unanimous that we, we are free and we are forgiven. And we took communion together. We broke bread and we said, thank God for Jesus. That actually it's only by His mercy that we can be reconciled. And now God, the unity of the faith, and being built together. It's amazing. It is a miracle. But what I want to ask, I want to ask the elders maybe just to, to join me in the front quickly. And, um, and just while we were busy um, on... Um, the wives are welcome to join if they want to. Yeah, there's uh, no pressure. Yeah, they all the help me. So we're involved in this. <laughs> and... Um, while we, were, while we were together on, um, on Thursday night, there was just a, a sense among us that actually, you know, the, the Bible says this um, in, a, in, in all the scriptures. I, th- I think I mentioned it last week. That what is the, one of the primary responsibilities of elders is actually to model, né, to model well and, and an example for you guys to follow. And, uh, and there was a sense among us that I, we didn't model well to be ruthless to guard the unity and to actually go and, and, and to go and reconcile to brothers and sisters where we know that something was off. And we kind of just hope to move on. And, uh, and we, we felt as a team this morning that we want to actually just bring it to you guys as a church. And that's why I said, if you're visiting us, man, just be with us. And I hope you see something beautiful of Jesus this morning. But as a church, we want to bring it to you. And we want to, as a team, repent before you guys for not guarding the unity of the faith and, uh, and allowing frictions and, and, and hurt and pain and, and, and divisions among us that actually broke something open over this church. 
and um, where we, we, we should have modeled for you an urgency to reconcile with one another. And actually, there wasn't that. And uh, we want to, as a team this morning, and uh, I'm not going to pass the mic around and everyone own it. We, this is an us thing together, okay? That's why we were late this morning, because we discussed it for a while this morning, okay, how we want to do it. But as a team this morning, we want to ask you guys as a church, would you forgive us for not guarding the unity of the faith? And would you celebrate with us this morning as God has done a miracle in us? It is a miracle. Guys, I want to sound Thursday night when we broke communion. It is like the life of God just came back to us. Really? It's like, I wish you were there. That's almost what I would say. It's like, it's like His mercy rushed upon us again. And God was with us. And would you celebrate with us that God is doing something in us as we are now being built together, having one heart, one mind, one purpose. And would you forgive us that we are also aware that there were things that, that we allowed in the team that the Bible says it is like what is, what is not being dealt with here. It goes down to the church. And some of you might have struggled with, with hurt and offense, and you were struggling to sort it out, and, and maybe jostling and, and whatever, and it's probably because it wasn't dealt with here. And, um, but we are serious about doing this thing right before God and being of one heart, one one, one purpose. And today, there's in a sense, you know, even as we repent, Acts 3 says this. I think you got this verse, Gina. Acts 3. Um, I'll, I'll quote it for you. It says, repent so that times of refreshing may come. And, uh, and, and what we're doing here this morning is we want to repent before you guys and say, would you forgive us for not guarding the unity? There we go. It says, repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out so that there may come times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. That is our desire. You know, it says, that is our desire this morning as we repent, that times of refreshing from the Lord may come to his house again. And um, so I want to ask you, would you forgive us as an eldership team for, not, for allowing things into us that impacted you guys? And uh, could you release us from that this morning? All right. Great. Great. Is that okay? Is that doing justice? You guys all right with that? Um, I, um, and we, we mean that. I, I want to say we didn't take this lightly, okay? And I, I called Morna. I was with Morna on the phone this morning. I spoke to him throughout the weekend. We had a long chat this morning, roughed things out. We, and uh, we even said if one of us weren't okay to do this yet, we would have paused it because we want to be together of one heart and one mind how we do this thing. And so we, we're serious about this. And, um, and, we, and I said to them, now also... On, on Thursday night, we drove home, and Marissa asked, Should we, shouldn't we wait that there's time you know, of fruit to show, to show that we prove? And I said, yes and no. Because this battle, to be perfectly united, will be our lifelong battle. Okay? This will be for, forever now forward. In two months' time, I'm going to step on someone's toes. Okay? And then, then there's going to be, in a sense, it needs to be proven how we then urgently deal with that and how we do it, how we posture our hearts. is going to be, in a sense, a proof of how united we are. And we're going to contend for it. But we're but we serious about this thing. And so, man, I want to say thank you for forgiving us. And, th- and I want to, in a sense, also urge you, would you trust us as a team again? And trust these men and women with your lives. And um, as we together trust God for where he's taking us. And we, um, Trevor, read that, Trevor like, read my mind for this morning. But he read that verse. He says, they, they did far beyond what we could think. They says, they first gave of the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. And that's what's happening here this morning with us, you know. It's like we give our hearts to one another again. It's a miracle, man. Amen? Um, Lord, I just want to pray this morning. This is, a, this is a miracle what you're doing in us. 
And um, as, a, as an elders team, we just want to repent, God, again, before you and before the church. And the Bible says is that we are supposed to guard what comes in and out. And, uh, and we, more than all, should, should fight for reconciliation among us and guard it and keep it and, and make sure that we are on the same page and think the same and, and make sure that there's no divisions among us. And, uh, Lord, we just want to say we're sorry for we allowed it into us. And um, we, we're sorry, Lord, that we hurt one another. And, and in the process, that definitely the church would have felt it and got a hurt. And, and would have felt the, the open door, in a sense, to the demonic actually through that. And Lord, we want to ask you this morning, would you forgive us? And Lord, would you close any open doors that we allowed? This morning, and if there was any way that some um, that the church was open to attacks from the enemy that we allowed, we just want to pray, Lord, by your mercy, would you close it this morning, and uh, and that this house, God, again, would be a house where God loves to dwell, because we are bound together by the Spirit and the bond of peace. I pray this morning, Lord Jesus, that you would bind us together as a whole church, Lord, and. Um, Lord, that as we go forward this year, that there will be incredible reconciliation and a love between us. I pray for that verse, 1 Corinthians 13, that says that love always trusts. Love believes the best. Love gives and, uh, and not take. And I pray this morning, God, could there be that posture among us, Lord, that we love always trusts. And that love will believe the best. And that we will not hold one another's sins against them. But that we can forgive as Christ forgave us. We pray for that in the name of Jesus. God, could this be a moment in, a, in, a, in the history of this church, actually, God, that will be significant for us as we go forward in the name of Jesus. We bless you. We bless you. Amen. Amen.